everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, the 28th of March, and I am so blessed and encouraged. You guys are going to be blessed because my friend, Pastor Rob McCoy, is back in the studio with me, and we're going to tackle some of the misinformation that's out there. We're going to talk honestly about what's happening, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so thanks for tuning in. I'm going to jump right into this today with you because right. uh, this is this is happening now. Yeah. So as I told you before, you're here in Vancouver with me in the studio, which is just a delight and a joy. Uh, every time you're here, I'm just uh, so you just encourage everywhere you go, and I appreciate what you're doing uh, in supporting me and coming for the Freedom Tour here with our friend Rick Green. And actually, watching these two dig on each other was probably worth the price of admission for me, just I didn't alone. do it publicly. I went till dinner that night. <laughs> Fun with him. Fantastic. Yeah. But uh, I told you— He's a large you, target. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I told you that uh, we've got a very large Slavic community here. Yeah. So many Russian immigrants here in the Pacific Northwest. Ukrainians, uh, too. Ukrainians, Romanians. Yeah. Uh, my family back in the 70s and the early 80s was responsible for helping uh, Nikki Pop's family immigrate from Romania. So a lot of them lived with us for a, a long, long time. And I got a little bit of window. That was my first uh, that was my first taste of uh, coffee from Romania, which is not like our coffee no. here. Anyway, I just have developed such a love for this community, and they are hurting right now. Yeah. The Slavic community is really hurting. There are, I spoke at a church last Sunday where 80% of the people there are from Ukraine. And I told you I did a podcast here. You guys are going to remember this. I did a podcast. We had uh, a gentleman on the show live just outside of Kiev, and he yeah. was saying that there was a lull in the shelling, and uh, I was amazed to find the very next day that people were saying, oh, the images coming out of Ukraine aren't really real. You know, uh, this is, it's not really, it's propaganda. It's, I talked to a guy live on the ground who was explaining what is happening in his community, and the response of so many listeners, particularly on social media, was to say, that's not happening. It's it's really propaganda. So we're, we're living in incredible times right now. Yeah. And you and I were talking about this before the show, and I'd love just to have your perspective. I think it's going to be encouraging for people to kind of hear what you know and what you've discovered about uh, – it's a confusing thing because really it's not, it's not cut and dry. Like here's the good guy, here's no. the bad guy. Uh, what's your analysis so far? So, uh, you know, I'm no expert. Uh, I'll just come out of the shoot and say that. But I have spoken to experts, mm-hmm. um, one in particular that kind of – blew me away because I was kind of buying into the narrative that I was seeing, you know, I, pro-America always wanted to hang out, you know, stand with the underdog. Zelensky's, you know, under fire, his nation, sovereign nation's been invaded. And, you know. And that's true. His sovereign it, it, nation has his, been invaded. His sovereign Absolutely, nation has yeah. been invaded. So looking at that and thinking, wow, this is this is clear cut. And then I call, my, my son's getting ready to get married uh, April 29th. He's uh, marrying a young lady, Elizabeth Kravchuk. And Elizabeth is the granddaughter of Joseph Bondarenko, Pastor Joseph Bondarenko, who spent 10 years in a Soviet gulag for preaching the gospel in the Ukraine. He's a Ukrainian pastor. He spent 10 years in a Soviet gulag, 23 hours a day in solitary confinement. Wow. I called him, talked to his son, because he still speaks Ukrainian, speaks through an interpreter, which would be one of his children. And they said, "This uh, the president of the Ukraine is not a good man. Yeah, Zelensky. Zelensky. He mm-hmm. is not a good man. Went so far as to say neo-Nazi, a bunch of things. He's an actor. He suppressed the the, the free press, and he went through all. They went through all of this. He said, 
the great concern for us, and they have a ministry where they're dealing with the humanitarian crisis mm-hmm. that's been created of over two million refugees Displaced. now, yeah. now more at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. And and we've been funding and supporting that. And we moved all of our missionaries, our Moldovan missionaries, to the border. And then we took our Cypriot uh, missionaries and we brought them into Moldova and paid. So mm-hmm. we're we're focusing on the humanitarian crisis. Mm-hmm. The government issue is a whole different concept, right. and the, the, the idea of sending American troops is baffling. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things at play here. I spoke with Victor Davis Hansen of the Hoover Institute. Mm-hmm. He pointed out that whenever oil's over $100 a barrel and we're buying from Russia, uh, Putin is just printing money, and his oh. coffers are, are just f- full mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. The ability to invade the Ukraine and the money spent on that invasion was paid for by Americans purchasing oil because we've shut down the Keystone Pipeline, the Permian Basin. We don't, you know, we have oh, over— Oh, hey, the Democrats say that doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. And, and they say it doesn't matter, so they're seeking to purchase oil from Venezuela and Iran. Mm-hmm. Venezuela. I mean, this is a dictator that yeah. took the fourth greatest economy in the Western Hemisphere. And ruined it. And their people are eating zoo animals. Yeah. And we're going to buy oil from them. Good luck producing it because their their equipment's so antiquated mm-hmm. and you know dilapidated. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we don't want to do it here is because with the World Economic Forum, the attempt is to reduce America to no longer being the superpower. Mm-hmm. So if they can push Putin to step out of Skiff and go into Kips, which means that he he now well, changes break that down. Yeah, you just you just said you yeah. Just okay, spoke I, I think yeah. Okay, so so Kips is the standard. That that the yuan, which is the mm-hmm. the Chinese currency, would would then be based on the oil purchases. Right now, it's the American dollar. Mm-hmm. So you you move Putin into collusion with China, and they go to Kips because basically, with the monetary system, we've shut down their oligarchs from you know being able to access their ATMs and the like. So they just move to a different system, which is a Chinese system. So you, really what you have is you have oligarchs that are contending on who can be the one world power. Explain what an oligarch is. Oligarch, the few rule the many. Mm-hmm. So it's anything but a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. It, it could be communism, fascism, socialism. In a sense, even you know there's a monarchy, but it's still an mm-hmm. oligarchy. The mm-hmm. few rule the many. And you say that fascism is, fascism is conservative and communism is liberal. That's not the case. It's more like a horseshoe. Fascism and, and communism are closer, and a, and a constitutional republic is at the top mm-hmm. of the horseshoe. But the, these points come mm-hmm. down to here. This is self-governance. This is the mm-hmm. elite mm-hmm. ruling. And the closer you get to the bottom of the horseshoe, the more that you see they have in common. Yeah. So as you move down, you can see you're getting close. Yeah. You get you farther away from freedom yeah. and more into tyranny. Right. Yeah. The larger the government – uh, the less the freedom. Yes. So, and if you question that, just Google a a satellite picture of the Korean Peninsula at night. Mm-hmm. North Korea with the 38th parallel, Dark. I think it's 38th. They got all the arid, aridable, arid, arid land where they farmland. Mm-hmm. They got all the best farmland. South Korea didn't get any of that, mm-hmm. but they got freedom. Yep. They're the 11th largest GDP. North Korea, their people are eating sticks and grass. Yep. And at night, the South is lit up. Mm-hmm. and the North is completely dark. Mm-hmm. That's the idea of freedom. America represents 4% of the world's population, yet we're, we, we've had more Nobel Peace Prize winners, more patents, more symphonies, mm-hmm. more accumulation of wealth of any history, uh, any mm-hmm. nation in the history of the world. It's freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. We invented the elevator by an American. Mm-hmm. You fly in an airplane invented by an American. You enjoy air conditioning invented by an American. You enjoy the Internet invented by an American, not Al Gore. Not Al Gore. Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> 
and, and, and all of this is because when you give man freedom, he innovates. Yes. And, and then you take away his freedom, he has no ability to innovate. That's right. So government is a necessary evil, and that's why we have the seven articles to constrain it. Now, let's go back to Ukraine, Soviet Union, excuse me, Ukraine, Russia. Mm-hmm. Putin's idea of, you know, gathering what he had when it was the Soviet Union. You have in the Ukraine... This is the hotbed of the World Economic Forum and the the global reset. This is this is where they launder money. Uh, they have, I think, it's eleven bioweapons manufacturers supported by the NIH, National Institute of Health. This is where they're manufacturing something because of the points of the World Economic Forum. A billion people displaced. They've got to come up with new viruses and attempts in that regard. And it will happen yeah. again. Yeah. This is where Antifa of Europe is trained in the mm-hmm. Ukraine. This is where Burisma, this is, and all of this, and Putin's coming in contending with Klaus Schwab, you've got a whole mess going on here. Mm-hmm. And those that want to be a part of this reset that would be a part of our government that want us to engage and create World War III is insane. Mm-hmm. The position that uh, Pastor Bondarenko and people who understand the circumstances and the situation is – Let's help the people of the Ukraine, the humanitarian mm-hmm. aid. Let's help the Russian people who are opposed to this with humanitarian mm-hmm. aid. Let's care for that. These, you know, nefarious actors, even though their borders have been invaded, sovereign borders, there's much more at play in all of this, mm-hmm. agreements that have been breached, whatever that is. The last thing we need to do when we're $30 trillion in debt yep. is to be, to, sending, to be sending our troops in there. Yeah. Let's keep our—, our our, our soldiers back, send humanitarian aid, mm-hmm. um, you know, this mm-hmm. idea of a no-fly zone and sending our jets in. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. And and this is the industrial war complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father had three tours of Vietnam. We just, we just walked away in Afghanistan with leaving billions of dollars of equipment. Shameful. I think it was $80 billion. Yeah, shameful. Basically gave it to our enemy. Yeah. And and we're sending three hundred million in supplies. Yeah. Um, well, and we just uh, just last week we said we're going to give a billion dollars to Ukraine, not a penny for our own southern border. Right. We are hemorrhaging at the southern border yeah. of the United States right now. They this have a, a sovereign border, time. but we don't. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can see just the nefarious hands at work and people who don't love this country from within our own country. Right. Whenever you have George Soros supporting something, stay away from it. Right. Exactly. When, when he's saying, you know, the, the the nation of Ukraine and. There's something at play here that's far more. Well, and I think we can, this is sort of what I was saying last week. I think that for the average American, you know, someone like me who is watching the news, come, which we can't even trust the news anymore. So the headlines that are coming out from the Washington Post and what we see at the Seattle Times and what we're watching come down, uh, come down the pike on YouTube and on the Internet on a regular basis, I think we need to start talking about the things that we can agree upon. Uh, Putin's not a good guy, no. right? This is a guy with a blatant disregard for ne- human life. Neither of these guys are. And Zelensky's not a good guy. And so our focus as Americans, and I think you rightly put yes, is to focus on the suffering, the, the yeah. needless suffering of the people of this region. You know, and also look at this. This is a ploy to defend um, a suffering administration. Inflation is out of control. Gas prices in California, you go through Beverly Hills, it's it's more than seven bucks a gallon, of which a dollar fifty three is taxes. Yeah, they're going to just raise it. They're going to raise it again. Another four cents. We lead the nation in gas taxes. Yeah. Stifling our economy. What has caused such a rapid increase? Government overspending. They're printing money. 
Mm-hmm. And as they print money, there's more money to go after fewer goods. Mm-hmm. We've stifled production because we kept everyone home. He says that he's created more jobs. People have just gone back to work. Right. We had the lowest black unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment. Under Trump. Under Trump. Now yeah. everything's devastated. We have inflation out of control, gas prices going through the roof. We shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We don't go after our own oil. We have at least 180 years of fuel that we can, we're sitting on it. We, yeah, we can be yeah. energy independent yeah. Tomorrow. and not require anyone else's uh. help. We won't be funding a war, mm-hmm. or you didn't really correct that. We wouldn't be funding the invasion of the Ukraine by filling the coffers of Putin. We're talking out of both sides of our mouth, mm-hmm. and and this is just an excuse to blame the rising gas prices on, you know, Russia on Russia. Yeah, everyone's yeah. looking for a boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, it's, the boogeyman's it's, it's, here. Yeah, it's a bad administration yeah. that's doing this to their own people. And, um, yeah, folks, you have to see it for what it is. You, you can't be stupid. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, when you talk about this and I so appreciate you bringing some clarity because I was amazed at just the vitriol that's going. And this is another attempt, again, to divide the American people. We know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. We were divided over the virus. We were divided over the lockdowns, divided politically. And now we're divided over geopolitics. And it really is weakening uh, the nation in a lot it, of ways. It is and it isn't because people are starting to distrust government more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hegelian dialectic is you you create division and so you get two people to war against each other. It lessens their ability. Then you come in and you can conquer them. Yeah, because they've the dev- It's yeah. like the Hutu and the Tutsis. They, mm-hmm. they, the, the British were the ones who perfected this. They would get people that never had an issue against one another, create that, have them war against one another and then take over the, the area. So this is this is evil. Mm-hmm. This is how the Hegelian dialectic operates. And it's mm-hmm. in its attempt, Machiavellian's attempt to usurp more governmental power mm-hmm. uh, because government is their God. Mm-hmm. And it's not about truth. It's about power. Mm-hmm. So we have to infuse it with truth. And people are now coming to a place where they're realizing they're being lied to. Yeah. They had their businesses. Sixty five percent of the businesses, small businesses in California will never reopen because of these draconian lockdowns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the costcos and the ones that you know are well, centralized gonna be fine. oh yeah taco bell gonna be just fine cronyism yeah uh, they get to survive because it centralizes and they're all in cahoots in the elite but mm-hmm. the middle class the, the small businesses shops, yeah. those are the ones that are targeted our children are being targeted and and is their history so that if you can separate a generation's history from the older generation's history they no longer are part of the same country. Mm-hmm. So they want to re-educate our children. Instead of educate, they want to indoctrinate mm-hmm. the 1619 Project. Mm-hmm. All of this is contending for truth and, and replacing it with a lie through propaganda. The church must stand for yeah. in the gap to, to proclaim this. Mm-hmm. We need to start homeschooling because our, our public schools have been mm-hmm. taken over. Almost every institution has been um, infiltrated by the critical race well, theory. I don't know, Rob. What do you say about salt and light, man? I hear this all over. I still hear it from churches across the country. And I've been I've been speaking out about this now for 17 years across the United States. And I still hear people say, but what happens? We'll take our Christian kids out of the schools and then there will be no more salt and light. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're going to say, but just say it. Yeah. Um, well, if your child is strong enough, mm-hmm. 
uh, to withstand that. We had one child, Daniel, who was he was strong enough to be a missionary into that realm. Mm-hmm. But my question to the parents is, if you're so committed to that, why haven't you been the salt and the light in the right. school board? Right. Why haven't you been the salt and the light in the, in the city council? Mm-hmm. Where are you with the laws that these kids have to live under and not mm-hmm. contending on their behalf? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was so important in your life as a testimony that you've placed a value on something greater than you know, you ca- the Bible says you cause one of the least of these to stumble. It's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast in the deep associate. What was so important to you that you were running after as opposed to standing in defense of these little ones and protecting their future mm-hmm. and allowing them to know their God, that that that, that they would be raised in the love and the admonition of the Lord, mm-hmm. to raise a child in the way that they should go? The, the homeschool movement is a reaction to the failure of adults to engage in the public square. You abdicated your responsibility. Don't blame parents who are now taking that responsibility on themselves. Homeschooling is not easy. Mm -hmm. And we're doing, you want to ridicule us? You're just usaging your guilt is what Mm -hmm. you're doing. Mm -hmm. And stop it. Mm -hmm. Because we're in this mess because all that's necessary for evil to prosper is for good men and women to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Morality is not doing what's wrong, Mm -hmm. but character is doing what's right. Mm -hmm. Like I said at the meeting, your child comes home from school and says, Mommy, Daddy, all the kids in the school called Susie fat, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, that's the moral thing to do, but where's your character, child? Mm-hmm. The child say, what do you mean? Why didn't you tell the other children to stop it? Mm-hmm. Well, they would have all laughed at me. I don't care. Right. That's the right thing to do. Right. So don't, don't dump on us because we're doing the right thing. We, we we have seen this issue. We're still salt and light. We still go to all the events. Yeah. We're creating a culture that's moving the, the the spectrum. We're not adapting to a culture. We're driving a culture. You have a problem with that? You call you want to call it dominionism. You want to call it Christian nationalism. Okay. You label it to justify your apathy and inactivity. It's not Christian nationalism. It's not dominionism. It is from moral law comes civil law. Only good government happens with good people. It's engaging to recognize these are inalienable rights. It's recognizing a God in the universe that, that, that when in the course of human events it becomes necessary. That wasn't written for America. That was written for every people for all time. It was a declaration of freedom, independence from tyranny. Mm-hmm. And you can't, even, you, you, you can't even cite it. You don't know how many articles are in the Constitution. You don't know the 27 amendments. Yet your military personnel swear to defend something they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Your police officers swear to defend nothing, something they know nothing about. You elect officials who swear to defend something they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And you're going to blame us because we want to educate our children on those principles of freedom. Sorry, go pick on someone else. You're wrong. Stop. Just give it a rest. Mm. Well, and the people that are doing the hard work need the support of the communities around them. And you're sitting here. Right now yeah. in the Homeschool Resource Center. Yeah. And uh, we got 1,600 kids coming in and out of this building, you, you know, uh, five days a week. And most of the time on the weekends, we spent Sunday afternoons teaching these kids and their parents the You're Constitution. You're like a jet boat going through a lake, and all these naysayers are sitting in an <laughs> inner tube, and they're upset because you made a wake. Yeah. I can't believe that you've ruined the water. And we're just here. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. And so we've been telling people, hey, how about, you know, how about we start being the solution? We stop talking about the problems and start putting our heads together uh, and coming up with solutions. Part of the reason that you're here this weekend is to help me as I come up with solutions for the people of Southwest Washington and putting our heads together to say, how can we bring homeschool resource centers around the United States so that parents in uh, in Middle Eastern uh, Iowa have the same opportunities that the kids here in Vancouver, Washington are getting. And that is how we start getting things done. And that comes uh, with hard work. And it's going to take work. You know, Heidi, running for the Congress, running for the House of Representatives, 
you got to the minute you get into office, you have to start running again. Yeah. They created as a citizen, you know, legislator because you'd go in, then you go back to your hometown. Mm-hmm. Elton Gallagher, who served us for many years in Ventura County, he'd be home every weekend. Yeah. He'd come all the way from Washington to be home every week because he wanted to be with his constituents and with his family. Yeah. It made him a better legislator. Yeah. One of the reasons why, you know, I, I come up from Southern California up here to Washington to, to you know, campaign for you is because you're going to be a remarkable representative in the legislature, in the House of Representatives. There are folks that take up space and they're a positive vote, but those that drive the narrative – I've watched you all these years, even before I had the privilege to meet you personally and Jay as well. I've watched you all these years. You drive the culture. That's what you've done with the homeschool movement. You, you, you're a pioneer. I mean, you're, you're like eating on, you're eating hardtack and riding a covered wagon, <laughs> but you're going to get there come hell or high water. That's what's necessary to drive the narrative. That's why I'm investing my time, treasures, and talents. I want mm-hmm. nothing from you. I want to make sure you get elected. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm up here. I don't ask anything of you. I've contributed $1,500 to your campaign. I told folks to do the same mm-hmm. because money is a representation of your contribution to society. It is your ability of free speech. And, you know, Heidi's going to put her name on the campaign. You're willing to represent them by their consent. But their consent must be their contribution. Mm-hmm. Time, treasure, or talent, one of the three. Good government happens with good people. You cannot sit idly by. Yes, the least you can do is pull the lever. Yes. More than that, walk a precinct, host a coffee, send some money, Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. And then as I joked the other night, I said, your campaign has all the money it needs. That's the good news. The bad news is it's still in your pockets, folks. (laughs) And they all laughed. And they they donated. Yeah. Because we get it. Yeah. We see a candidate worth getting behind. Mm -hmm. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I appreciate I appreciate that. It means so much to me. And just having you come up here, and I think people, because you're in California and you guys yeah. got the same kind of problems. You're facing yep. the same what feels like uphill, pushing a rope uphill that I'm facing here in Washington State. But the truth is we know, and you said it best, that you know, God plus nobody is a majority. Yeah. And if Christ is for you, who can be against you? And he, he chooses for some reason to work th- through flawed human beings. And that's what's happening right now. We're watching it happen all over the country. I need to take a quick ad break. You guys, thank you so much for supporting the people that are supporting the show, and I'll be right back. It's conference season, and as you guys know, one of my favorite events is Teach Them Diligently. I'm going to be speaking at the beautiful Kalahari Resort in Round Rock, Texas, coming up March 31st through April 2nd. You guys are not going to want to miss this event. The thing that sets Teach Them Diligently apart from all the other homeschool conferences is that they are solely focused on family discipleship. So not only are you going to get awesome information and classes about homeschooling, but you're also going to find out how you can teach and train your children to be followers of Jesus. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Again, I'm going to be in Round Rock, Texas, March 31st through April 2nd. It is coming right up. And then I'll be at Pigeon Forge on May 5th through the 7th. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events for more information. All right, you guys. So before the break, you said you wanted to share. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm going to sit back and just yeah, listen. Yeah. Two hopeful insights because especially in California, we're the ones that did mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting. You know, we're patient zero. We we created the mess that just happened in the last presidential election. Yeah. The, the, the prototype was invented in California. We've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you look and you say, well, California, there's there's no there's no statewide office that's held by a Republican. The Democrats have a supermajority in the uh, in the Senate and also the Assembly. 
Um, they they control every branch of government in California. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Statewide, they, they do. Mm-hmm. But there is a resurgence of local politics where conservatives are rising up because we were always looking at Air Force One as our savior yeah. or a silver bullet yeah. that's going to fix it. But the secular progressive left has been doing it over a span of 50 years, and they've never tired. That's what it's going to take if you want to get it back. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And the ones that don't want to do it, let them move to Texas. You know, right. we got Gideon's army. Fine. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the ones that are secular progressive are starting to realize this isn't working and they're moving over with us. Right. And the largest party, because the Republican Party got really dilapidated and inundated with corruption. So the second largest party in California is independence. Well, we're, we're all moving in that direction. We all want freedom and we're all contending. But people say, well, how can you change something if you don't trust the vote? Mm-hmm. That's true. And so people say, I'm just going to I'm just not going to vote anymore. Why bother? Mm -hmm. I mean, look at look at Michigan, look at, you know, Pennsylvania, look at Georgia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, look at Florida. Right. You had hanging chads and dimpled ballots. Yeah. One guy comes in barely elected and they were the first state to have everything counted on election night and turned in. Yep. And, and they held the registrar of voters, all those folks accountable. And that's Ron DeSantis. One man can make a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me add another one. My mentor, my hero, Mike Huckabee. Mm. Governor Huckabee was a pastor in Arkansas. He was called to run for the U.S. Senate. There hadn't been a Republican senator elected in Arkansas since I think before Reconstruction, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Wow. Civil War. Yeah. He ends up losing. But he never expected to lose. He ran in such a way as to win. And if you know Mike, he's a competitor. And he's, he's tough. Road scholar, smart guy. Wow. He loses the election for Senate. The governor of the state ends up getting prom, uh, elected president of the United States, Clinton. Uh, uh, the, uh, the lieutenant governor gets appointed governor. And now there's a special election for lieutenant governor. Well, they come to Mike. He's run for a statewide office. They say, hey, will you do it? You'll be our sacrificial lamb. He's tired, but he says, all right. He had built such a following in the black community, which was primarily Democrat, 90% registered Democrat. He had built relationships through all through practical, pragmatic, you know, good government. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he loves the people. He does. Yeah. He ends up winning the lieutenant governor position. Now, let me just share with you. When he's running for lieutenant governor, I think there's 136 seats in the legislature, both upper and lower house, of which, if I'm not mistaken at the time, 18 of those seats were held by Republicans. It was inundated, legislative, executive, judicial branch, all Democrats. So he runs for lieutenant governor. There hadn't been a lieutenant governor Republican elected for years, probably like Civil War stuff. He ends up winning. They seal his office from the inside and lock him out. It takes multiple court orders for him to occupy the seat he was duly elected by the people to occupy. He had to meet in the coffee shop in the bowels of the Capitol. Because they wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him in because they, they dominated. It was like the mafia. They dominated. The governor uh, ends up going to prison, which happens to a lot of governors. And so he goes to prison. And Huckabee becomes the, the governor. governor. He runs for re-election. By the way, he, he won re-election as lieutenant governor. Uh, he ends up becoming governor and then terms out when he leaves office as governor of Arkansas. The entire legislature had switched. 
Wow. Every statewide office was held by a Republican. Wow. One man man. can make a difference. Mm. I am tired of people throwing up their hands, especially Christians. Yeah, yeah. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, which is apathy and inactivity Mm -hmm. and disbelief, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're tired. You're going to move somewhere else. Well, you know what? You move. It's like going to another church. The minute you step in, that church has the same problems that your old one had, you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, s- yeah. stand and get a spine. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Quit running. You're more than a conqueror. Mm-hmm. D- draw a circle and say, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm you standing saw, for liberty. Yeah. Well, I asked the room the other day. I said, how many of you, you saw how many hands went up. How many of you guys know someone who's moved left. out of this area or yeah. they're thinking about leaving? It's everybody. More people have left the state of California than came there during the Dust Bowl. Wow. But, you know, my point is, okay, you're outnumbered. You're outgunned. Oh, okay, okay. So Rosa Parks should have gotten to the back of the bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Gideon should have given up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pie in the sky. Okay, mm-hmm. then you you find another faith. Yeah, and get another scripture. All I know is 66 books of the Bible, written by over 40 different authors, cover to cover, doesn't contradict itself. Mm-hmm. It's it's speaks beyond the space time continuum. It's the only book in the world we don't read it. It reads us. Mm-hmm. And that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And it is the most profound, effective, moral st- strength that, that mm-hmm. mankind has ever known. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me you want to just Pack dismiss it, it yeah. and kind of go your own deal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's never been about liberty to you. Mm-hmm. It's always been about comfort and your own personal security. And you're not selfless. And you profess faith in Christ. But, you know, the Bible says bear fruit. And if you're going to tell me you're an orange tree, I want to see oranges. Yeah. You tell me you're an apple tree, I want to see apples. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, patience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're running? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. go. Yeah. I mean, it's serious. Gideon's army. Let's just whittle it down to what we have left. Because mm-hmm. God's in the business of the impossible because he gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. And I'm really at a point now where if another person's going to leave— let him go. Mm-hmm. I just know God is bigger than all of this. Yeah. And yeah. and and I see in you and all the folks in the last two nights that we've been with him, man, mm-hmm. these folks have spines. Yeah. This is Gideon's army. Yeah. Washington's going to turn. So is California. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. Imagine the Apostle Paul. He was kicked through the streets like a soccer ball yeah. everywhere he went. Yeah. He didn't call to see what the hotels were like. He called to see what the prisons were like. You know, a third of of, of the Roman Empire were slaves. Mm-hmm. And it creates the Protestant Reformation that transforms the Western world as we know it today. A handful of men turned the world right side up. Mm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but a virus with a 99.7% survival rate. Let's just throw up our hands, order DoorDash, and call it quits right. and just inject our children with an experimental drug right. and let them shutter the schools and close our businesses and 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 cause our elderly to die alone and yeah. the abused to be quarantined with their abusers. Oh, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And and let's, you know, let's bow to tyranny. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that that's not Christian. Mm-hmm. That That's cowardice, and you're couching it in Christian terms, and you're using Scripture out of context to justify your cowardice. Mm. Don't muddle the scriptures to justify your cowardice. Mm. Engage. Mm. 
And that is the solution right now, right? And that is yeah. what that is the clarion call. Stand. And if there's nothing having done that, all, stand. Yeah. Then if there's nothing we've learned in the last two and a half years is that we really are at the jumping off place now. We've recognized how there's no middle ground. We, no, there isn't. And people are ne- going to need to take sides. I spoke to a woman uh, in Vancouver just a couple of months ago, and she said, "Boy, Heidi, I just appreciate." She goes, "I really appreciate you know what you're doing. I just don't have that in me." She goes, "But you know, thank you." And I said, "You know, I don't actually need your thanks." I'm not doing it for your thanks. I'm not doing it for anyone's thanks. I'm doing it because I know it's the right thing to do. And at some point, uh, every single one of us is going to have to answer that question. You know, what is it that God wants us to do? I'm so tired, I think, like you, of, of Christians saying, you know what, the rapture's coming. So we're just, God's going to make it all right one day, and, and there's nothing we can do to change God's timetable. And so we're just going to sit it out. I wonder what would have happened if Daniel would have taken that tack, if Deborah would have taken that tack. What would have happened if Esther had said, Esther, you know what, yeah. eventually uh, it's going to be figured out. But Mordecai didn't cut that woman any slack at all. Here's a very young girl yeah. who is really going to be putting her life in jeopardy. And Mordecai could have said to her, you know what, this is really scary. You set this thing out, and, and God's got you tucked away right here. You're safe, and maybe you're going to have children. We'll read build through you. No, he said, if you don't do this, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Yeah. Yeah. You, you won't get any credit in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the lady that told you what she told you, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Danny Wolf. She wrote an article that says, I'm not, I'm not a hero. You're just a, a wussy or something like that. Mm. What she was saying is I get these text messages from colleagues in politics and religion and blah, blah, blah. And she says they say something along the lines of and fill in the blank with your, you know, pedantic confession. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, I, I really pr- appreciate your courage that you're making a stand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't do it because my boss will. And she, just fill in the blank. Right. And she says, you know, this is a time of monumental cowardice. Yeah. And, 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 and she's just struggling over these text messages of people who can make a difference but mm-hmm. choose not to. Mm-hmm. And she asked her friends, why is this? And, she said, and they said, Naomi, the reason why they're writing this is because they want to know it's okay to be a coward. Yeah. And my feeling is don't thank me anymore yeah. and not do anything. I'm not going to take that anymore. Mm-hmm. You thank me and my next question is what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because there's no middle ground anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the, the heroes that contracted the virus while they were tending to your loved ones when the virus hit are now being fired and they have the antibodies. Right, right. What are you doing to protect them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to protect our military personnel, our, our pilots? Mm-hmm. You have 4,000 Navy SEALs. It takes millions of dollars to train them. They have a, an objection to an experiment. They, they care for their bodies. They put them in harm's way to defend you, and they're getting let go, dishonorably discharged. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to protect them? Mm-hmm. What are you so afraid of losing that you're not a voice on their behalf? Yeah. They were your heroes, and now they're zeros, and you're silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't thank me anymore. Be careful when you thank me. Because my next question to you is, do you think that I was born for this? Mm -hmm. Do you think I enjoy the threats? Do you think I enjoy the pressure? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things I would rather be doing. I'm tired. So are you. But we we didn't ask for this. I wasn't built for it. Everyone's supposed to do this. I I didn't wake up and go, you know, I'm wired for this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. I'd like to go to the front lines today and tomorrow. We're all supposed to be doing this. yeah. 
So don't don't come to me anymore and say, you know, thank you for what because the first word out of my mouth is, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and it's it's not condemning. It's, it's I really want to know, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. If you're not, I'm going to ask you why. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any excuse why you'd be silent. There isn't one right now. There is no middle ground. No. No, and we've waited. We waited too long. Yeah, and so now uh, here, you know, well, in terms of where we are for the fight, I yeah. think we if had had the church stepped in decades ago, or even five years ago, you know, when we started talking about what was happening in the schools, it was yeah. twenty five years ago. Yeah, we took right? prayer out of schools with Madeline Murray. Over oh here. yeah, nineteen sixty eight. Yep. You know, she sues NASA because at the conclusion of you know you had the Milai massacre, the Tet Offensive, you had Bobby Kennedy Jr. was shot in the. In, in Los Angeles by Sirhan Sirhan. Reverend King was shot on a balcony in Memphis, Tennessee. 1968 was awful. And then all of a sudden, at the conclusion of 1968, the Apollo spacecraft is mm-hmm. circling the moon, the most watched television event in the history of the world. And they read out of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and you, you see the contrast in this space race. Yeah. Um, a nation that believes their rights come from God, a nation that has removed God, mm-hmm. and they're battling, mm-hmm. the nation's battling. Mm-hmm. They read this in Madeline Murray O'Hare sues NASA. And, and I, I think to myself, there's so much we can do right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe we've waited too long. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of telltale warnings. I look at it like uh, Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941. My godfather, I'm named after him, Rear Admiral Robert Broussard Early. I'm Robert McCoy. Um, he and his wife, Lo- Lois, were childless, and I was their grand, I mean, their godson. He was the highest ranking survivor of the attack on Pearl Harbor when he died at 100 in wow. 2015. He fell asleep in the chair and didn't wake up. Mm. He would do 100 sit ups a day in increments because he said movement was life. And at 99, he still drove. Not well, but he drove. And I was running for the assembly, and I was getting carpet bombed by the Republican Party in California. And I was out of money. They were attacking our school. They were attacking our church. They were attacking my home. They keyed my car. This is a party. I'd I'd been a Republican longer than I'd been a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Nauseating. Yeah. And I I knew I was going to— This is a primary. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. And I knew I was going to miss his 100th birthday. So I drove down to Coronado to visit him because I I was out of money. I didn't want to go to my mailbox anymore. So I figured I'd go see him in this lull. (laughs) I get to his house, and— sits down and he had a booming voice and he, how's it going and I said you know my, my, my mom had died my dad was in a home with Alzheimer's so he was a patriarch of the family and I just started whining I'd known him for 50 years my whole life and I go Uncle Bob I feel like I've led these folks on a rosy road to nowhere I'm out of money my own party's carpet bombing me California's going to hell in a handbag in the middle of my whining he puts his hand up it's shaking with age at 99 I never heard him angry in 50 years. He puts his hand up and he goes, stop it. It just paralyzed me. It's not nothing like getting spanked by 99 Right, guy. right. He looks at me and he says, you don't know tough. Mm. He says, I was 16 years old in the Great Depression. We didn't know where our next meal was going to come from. And had it not been an appointment to the Naval Academy, I would have never received a college degree. He graduated at 37. He said, you, Rob, being a history major, didn't realize, I think he said, we had the 17th largest military on the face of the earth. We were in isolationist mode. And I was in Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. They sank half our Pacific fleet, and they sank my ship, the USS Casson. The harbor was on fire, and I was pulling my shipmates out of the water, and they were dead. 
He said, the next day we took on a two-fronted war against two fascist nations. We lifted that fleet from the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. We floated in Tokyo Harbor to accept the surrender of the Japanese. We got the surrender of the Germans. We established constitutional republics in both nations. We were liberators, not occupiers. We asked for only enough ground to bury our dead, and we came home. We cut federal spending, the greatest industrial revolution in modern history. He said, now quit your whining and go finish what you started. <laughs> Come on. Come on. And I, and I think about that. I'm yeah. like, did you quit your whining? Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. There's no room for whining. Yeah. I loved what you said, and I think this is a great place to, to end the show today because so much fear, you know, going on. You were flying up here the other day, and I said what I always say, which is fly safe. And what did you say? Uh, I'm, I'm not safe. I'm dangerous and wise. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we, if we live to be safe, then we're not really living at all. We either believe that our days have been ordained for us or we don't. I'm, I'm immortal until God's done with me. I love that. Immortal until God's done. And I think if the church had taken that tack in COVID-19, you know, we would have seen a lot more people with a lot more life in them than we do right now. And instead, I think it's going to take us generations to sort of undo the damage of the fear, of this paralyzing fear, because we've forgotten who we are. Sons and daughters of the King of Kings, we're here for a reason. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Rob McCoy, I said it on Friday. I'm going to say it again. I just think you're a national treasure. You say that, but I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me, sticks to you. (laughs) Heidi St. John for Congress. Vote for this lady. She's a national treasure. God bless you. (laughs) God bless you. You guys, thanks for joining me today. I know you've been encouraged. For more information about Pastor Rob McCoy, you guys can hear this guy. He says he's going to put you to sleep, but he's lying to you. You can find out more at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. If you guys have questions for the show, as always, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Please keep it short and sweet and to the point, and we will answer your questions next week. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.